الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولقد قال لقومي أتأتون الفاحشة ما سبقكم بها من أحد من العالمين صدق الله العظيم Respected elders and brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this humankind and given its anatomy a certain guideline to follow. In terms of following these guidelines spiritually, following these guidelines mentally, following these guidelines physically, and following these guidelines in accordance to the way and the happiness of its creator. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in a spiritual and mental understanding and capacity, has given us the freedom to believe in what we want. But, there's two sides to it. We have our desires that want us to follow a certain thing, and we have the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the same to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our creator alone. So to believe and understand in the freedom of belief, to believe and understand that a person has the capacity to do what he wants is incorrect. A person has come into this world through him being created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many verses of the Quran al-Kareem may explain this. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our creator. And when somebody creates a certain item, he puts together a, a key to using that particular item. Let's say, for example, a motor, a motor car. If a person doesn't know how to drive the car, if a person doesn't know where the key goes in the car, if a person does not know which buttons to press, he will end up crashing without even moving. He can crash the entire engine system without even moving an inch in the car. The same with an airplane. Many of us know how to drive a car, but we do not know how to fly an airplane. Tomorrow we sit in an airplane, we survive that accelerator, there's a static outside. Please be joined up. So everything comes with a guideline. We have a teacher, we have teachers. Rasulullah is our guide and our mentor. He left behind the ulama who are the successes of his knowledge. So hence we are required by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we live our lives in the way he alone wants us to live our lives. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the permission to do trade and business, then we will do that trade and business in the guidelines of Sharia. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has permitted us to speak, then we can speak in accordance to the guidelines of Sharia. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the permission to fulfill our desires, then we will do so in the guidelines of Sharia. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has asked us to believe in Him alone. And once a person believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has Iman in his heart. And these are the servants that are going to be tested. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran al-Kareem, Alif Ya'amim, Ahasidhan Yusu Ayyutraku Ayyatani Amanna wa Mamma People think that by merely saying we are in without Iman, we are believers, we're going to be left alone, and they won't be put into tests and trials. No. Once you have Iman, 
then definitely you will be tested. You may be tested when you're going to be tested with that word. If you do not have word, you will be tested as well. If you have deen in your life, you will be tested with the deen that you have. If you are far from deen, you are also being tested in other ways. So long as you have iman, the test is going to come to you. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a hadith, بَعْدِرَ بِالْأَعْمَالِ فِتَنَا يُشْبِحُ الْعَجِلُ مَبْلِنَا وَنُمْزِ كَافِرًا But a time is coming. Those signals, the trials and tribulations are coming. Such that a person may have iman in the beginning of the day, and by the end of the day he has lost his iman. A person may think that I've slept with my iman. But the moment he wakes up, he believes in something else, and his iman has left him. These are the times that we are living in, where our iman is constantly being tested, and we are ch- facing a challenging time in our lives. And one of the greatest tests and challenges that we are facing today is the test of modesty. Rasulullah sallallahu said in the narration, the Iman and modesty, Iman and modesty are two joint entities. When one leaves, then there is no other. The other is not present. If you want Iman, we ought to have Haya and modesty. And if one of them have to leave a person, then none of them are existent in him. So the trial of modesty has come unto us to such an extent and such a level that we did not think of before. Many of us who are growing up, we have reached the age of 40 and 50, we never heard of an alphabet or the chronological order of alphabets being disordered and being made compulsory for children to study and learn which we know is the LGBTQ. What kind of an alphabet has it become? A distorted form of the chronological order of alphabets, which is being forced not only to learn, but also to accept and allow others to believe in it and to practice in it. Islam has shunned this practice right from the start and from the beginning. Let me think of it logically. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran mentions wa khalaqanakum azwaja. We have created you in pairs. And everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created is created in pairs. We have the left pair, we have the side pair. If you have neg- if you put a positive and a positive together, that magnet will never get together. So as human beings, we have also been created in pairs. There's an understanding of males and females and nothing else besides that. The LGBTQ movement has four great priorities in place for us as believers who are being challenged and faced with these trials of the LGBT movement or homosexuality, etc. The first is that they have a different understanding of gender. That is their understanding. Well, according to them, gender is who you feel they are. In an LGBT name, but I feel I'm supposed to be a female. Therefore, my life will be the life of a female. Why? Because it's easy for me to collect money from the rich. It is easy for me to be a girlfriend instead of a boyfriend. Another woman will say, no, I was born a woman. But no, I can do what I want. I feel like I'm a man. Why? Because I can punch who I want. I want to be the man of the house. I want to run all the things in the house. So you say, yeah, well, that's fine. Um, I'm a man, 
It's like, don't get married to a man. Come here and how on earth can a person even logically understand that? The Quran speaks about this immoral act. When the people of Nabi Muhammad were involved in this act. And you remember the claim of the Prophet ﷺ. When he told his people, What kind of... There's a principle in our Adida, in our beliefs, that if we are happy with the disbelief of others, that is also disbelief of his kufr. So how can we ever tolerate and be happy about it? To do. And they want us to understand. But as believers, there's only two genders. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us as men and as women. And nothing else. So we discussed gender identity. What am I? Am I supposed to be a male? Am I supposed to be a female? Etc. The Quran tells us what is our belief. I've explained that to you. That we are only male or female. We are required to do certain tasks as males and females and follow a certain law and guideline that has come to us through Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the second one is sexual orientation. In terms of how a person wishes to express himself and fulfill his desires, like I mentioned, that a person feels like I don't need to get married to a woman, I can get married to a man. That is also unacceptable in Islam. The guidelines of marriage in Islam are simple and straightforward. You want to get married? Right, you can get married to this group of people, you cannot get married to this group of people. You want to get married? Of course it has to be a woman. Of course it has to be a Muslim. Nowadays, we have a major problem where Muslim people are marrying non-Muslims. It is difficult to find a pure Christian, an orthodox pure Christian. If a person says, I'm getting married to a Christian because she says she's an orthodox Christian, that is unacceptable. Many of the Christians nowadays believe that Jesus was God. Isa alayhi salatu wa salam, na'udhu billah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, protect us from this. They say that he was Allah, he is God, or he is the son of God, etc. How can you marry such a person or such a woman? Or how can such a, how, how can such a woman who is a Muslim marry a man who has these kind of beliefs? Recently, we had a case of a certain brother from Putanarik's God, and he got married to a Christian woman. He said, We're not going to have children, we're not going to have religion affect our lives, etc. There's that. And his marriage didn't work out. 
Two months later, the marriage is broken down. He gets three times all at once, and now he's going around. Every mufti he can find, he's trying to find a way to go back to his wife, a Christian wife. And he's abandoned his Muslim wife. You see, that will never divorce her because she's the mother of thy children. Why? Because he's in love with a Christian woman. He's in love with a Christian woman. He wants to go back to her. Maybe I may have divorced you, but according to her religion, there's nothing like divorce. So even he's following one's desires, and we want to tolerate it. We want to allow others to do the same thing, which is unacceptable. And the third thing they want to do is to make immorality the normal. Amongst the greatest trials that we are facing as Muslims is the trial of modesty, the trial of haya. Look at the importance of haya as mentioned in the hadith that I, I, I recited before you. That if there is no haya, there is no iman. If there is no iman, there is no haya. These two are always together. What is, forget about the dressing that we are, you know, what we wear, our, our women wearing. But together with that, we allow them to do all sorts of other immoralities. Modesty has woken out, has taken a walk out of our doors, out of our houses, out of the masajid, out of our weddings, out of our gatherings. We want the best alim to come and perform our nikah. But right after and after the nikah, in modesty and immorality, one hall under one roof, men and women are sitting together in intermediate, etc. And we expect that the du'as of a great and pious person would come unto us. The LGBT agenda wants modesty to come out of our lives. They want our women folk, our daughters to dress in the way that suits them and pleases them. Their bodies should be exposed. And the shape of their bodies, etc., should be exposed. Men are dressing like women, women are dressing like men. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Abba'un fi ghadabillah. We are following the, the anger and the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number one, al-mutashabbihin bin-nisaq, wal-mutashabbihati bin-rijal. One among dresses who followed the rules of women, and men who followed the rules of women. Number two, a woman who follows the ways of men. So today we need to look at it. If we take a walk out today, we will find a certain man. Does this look like a man or a woman? How is he dressed? We find a woman who is dressed like a man. Ibrahima. One who fulfills his desires on an animal. And number four, a man who fulfills his desire with another man. Or a woman who fulfills the desire with another woman. So these are the four groups of people who are always under the rock and curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And roughly, the LGBTQ movement wants to redefine marriage. As we mentioned that as Muslims, we believe if you want to get married, it's only a man and a woman. Not a man and a man. Not a woman and a woman. Not a man who is a woman before. And not a woman who is a man before. So then you want to redefine marriage. By what? Fulfilling your desire with a boyfriend. A boyfriend and a boyfriend. A girlfriend and a girlfriend. There's nothing like nikah in the LGBT movement. In order to make us believe this, in order to promote it, we have certain personalities promoting it. And around the globe, we have certain governments who are promoting it. 
You have business around us who are promoting it. You have schools and educators who are promoting it in terms of sex education, which has become the name of the game. They call it the World Health Federation. What level of stupidity of the rich that they want a five-year-old child to be taught about sex in a school? And without the permission of a parent, the child can go through abortion as much to object to that, then the parent will be put into jail. What is happening to us? Where is our understanding and focus? What are our solutions to all of these things? As a parent, as an alum, as a community member, what should I do to save myself, to save my children, to save my community members, to save the Muslims at large? What should I do? Petro Islamic School said the solution. Recently, there's a boy. He became happy in Quran. He was attending the masjid for all five salahs. With Jatina Allah, he's behind the Imam in the first saf. Lo and behold, he's involved in this movement. When we went to seek guidance, he was chased away. And what level of, of immorality was he in? He wasn't even yet into it. The thought came into his mind, I feel like I'm being accepted to men. What should I do? And he wanted to rectify his situation. He goes to an alim, he speaks to him about it, the alim takes him away. So we as community leaders and members, we need to understand that if a child has gone to this level, why and how did he reach this level? What are the solutions that can be looked for from it? The most important thing for us to understand, my brothers and elders, is that the Islamic evolution of the children has to come right. The importance that we have given to secular education, the importance that we have given to education in regard to this world, that is only beneficial for this world, we have neglected Islam and the teachings of Islam completely. Two months ago, 25-year-old daughter comes with her father to the offices. I want her to start performing salah, but she doesn't know the kalima. 25 years old, I want her to start performing salah, but she doesn't know the kalima. I have taken care of the needs of this world. I'm an accountant. I make sure that my daughter is also a chartered accountant so she can take over my farm. You're worried about your accountant firm, but you aren't worried about the calendar of your daughter, 25 years old. She wants to go and play around with who she wants. She's become an accountant. She's taking over her father. Because that we have left our deen, our Islam, our Quran. So the first thing we need to do is to ensure that the education, Islamic education, has to be solidly grounded into our children in a way that if they are told that this is what Islam tells you and any other trial and tribulation has to come to them for the rest of their lives, they will not believe in it. If a child from small is taught that this is a car, it has four wheels, and ten years later he's been told that this is a car with one wheel, they will never believe it. Because cars have four wheels. You say it's a two-wheel and it's a motorbike. It's not a car. I don't believe it to be a car. If you see something flying in the air, you say it's a bird. You say it's a plane. You say it's a helicopter. Of course, the concept of flying cars has come about, but not as yet. But if you're telling that a plane is passing and you're telling that's a flying car, you won't believe. So we have to 
build this education of, of, of understanding the beliefs of the Muslims, the beliefs of the Ahlul Sunnah al Jamaah. What do we as Muslims believe in? What are we required to do? That is our main solution, number one. That we need to educate rightfully our children in terms of their dream. Deen has left our homes. Deen has left our physical bodies. Deen has left our mentalities. And secondly, we need to monitor what our children are studying in terms of their school. We need to monitor what our children are doing on their mobile phones. Every child should have a mobile phone. That is incorrect. A child who has a mobile phone we have put him deep down the ocean of fitna, deep down the ocean of punishment of this world. Until he does not get married, don't give him a mobile phone. He doesn't need one. If he needs to use something on the internet, etc., get him a computer that he can do that. And that should be monitored as well. So we need to monitor what our children are looking at. Of course, we ourselves need to be educated as well to what these things are. Many a parent seems to be naive and he says, no, my child can't do this. But we need to understand and learn ourselves. What our children are looking at, what are they watching, what movies are they watching? Are they allowed to even watch movies in the first place? What are the television screens and media promoting? And we gladly and happily follow them? We allow our children to spend hours on these TV boxes? So we need to monitor what our children are reading, what our children are learning, what our children are watching in the media, etc. Is it what the nation is concerned as far as the doing dunya and akhirat is concerned? Or are they going and watching something that they're not supposed to be watching? And lastly, we should make dua for ourselves. For our children, for our progenies, for our communities, and for the Muslims at large. The dua of Nabi Nuh alayhi salatu wa salam. Rabbi najjini wa ahli mimma ya'manun. It's a very short and sweet dua. Rabbi, oh my Rabb, oh my Lord. Najjini, save me, protect me. Wa ahli and my family members. Mimma ya'manun. From what my people are doing, meaning the act of immorality or homosexuality, etc. If you cannot learn the Arabic of it, then at least make this dua in any language you know. Rabbi najjini wa ahli mimma ya'manun. Rabbi najjini wa ahli mimma ya'manun. So, my dear respected brothers and elders, to cap up and recap what we have said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this human anatomy to come into the surface of this earth to follow certain guidelines. We ought to follow these guidelines and keep our lives in accordance to these guidelines. If it's our desires, we fulfill our desires according to these guidelines. If it's our modesty and our haya, we will hold on to our modesty and haya in the guidelines of Islam and Sharia. We will defeat the LGBTQ movement, homosexuality, etc. We will not believe in it, we will not tolerate it. We will not accept and be happy with someone that is involved in that act. We will not befriend that person who is involved in that act. Our Islamic character and ethics in terms of our beliefs in regard to modesty and haya, and in terms of our marriages, we will ensure that we educate our children correctly in terms and in life of Sharia and Deen in regard to modesty and haya, in regard to the various aspects of Iman, in 
in, in a general format, not only in regard to this particular thing we are in the Pride Month, so to say that they call it Pride Month, and the history behind it is also lengthy. So, we will do that and inculcate this in our lives, and we'll make dua for ourselves, we'll make dua for our children, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us, protect our families, our progenies, our communities, and all the Muslims around the globe, and grant hidayah and guidance to those that are unfortunately involved in this community of the LGBT. Amen. Allah 
عن سيدنا لوط عليه الصلاه والسلام ولوط اذ قال لقومه اتاتوا بالفاحشه كما سبقكم بها من احد من العالمين وقد حكى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في احاديث عديده قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ملعون من عمل عمل قوم لوط ملعون من عمل عمل قوم لوط ملعون من عمل عمل قوم لوط وقال عليه الصلاه والسلام ان اخوف ما يخاف عليكم عمل قوم لوط وقال عليه الصلاه والسلام من يزكي من يعمل عمل قوم لوط فاقتلوه الفاعل والمفعول اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم رب نجني واهلي مما يعملون الحمد لله الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا كما امر واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد قال الله تعالى ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد كما تحب وترضى عيدا ما تحب وترضى قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في شان اصحابه الله الله في اصحابي لا تتخذون غرضا من بعدي فمن احبهم فبحبي احبهم ومن ابغضهم فبغضي ابغضهم ربنا اتنا في الدنيا حسنه وفي الاخره حسنه وقنا عذاب النار ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد اذ هديتنا وهب لنا من رحاب الله اغفر لنا وللمؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات الاحياء منهم والاموات رب نجني واهلي مما يعملون ان الله يامر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله يذكركم وادعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله تعالى اعلى واولى واعز واجل واتم واهم واقوى واكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون Kind of stretching the knees, send shoulder to shoulder, ensure to feel all the gaps before us, and ensure that our trousers are above our ankles, and our cell phones are switched off.